look at this too, like the whole idea of a clear cut enemy at the time that they could fight against. Now, where's the enemy? The enemy would be like, well, you know, Ca Captain America only fought um, the Germans or something. And, and, and that's, you know, wrong because he's he's racist or like, like what? Like, why would we even have a conversation like that? But there's a contingent like that now. And that's yeah. that's kind of what you're dealing with, where it's like, oh, well, well, of course, he's this. It's like, what? What is that? What does that even mean? But, grow but you, up reading all these fucking stories and and become the fucking villain in the stories that you read. That's my point always. Like, do you think you're the hero of your story? Are you going to be the hero? It's like, look, did you completely like a story that Miller wrote? Civil War. You're Iron Man, dude. You're not Captain America, who is you know the virtuous one in that. Punisher's even on the right side. Yeah. You know, how often does that happen? And I hate Frank Castle. We all hate Frank Castle. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> hates Frank Castle, Brandon. That's good. Oh, I the Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Talking With, my god, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Dude, I'm like... Please be more stereotypical. Just be more stereotypical, you fucking ass clown. Yeah. So I uh, I hit the record button, Brandon. Yep, for, saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, how? Uh, explain what what uh, I watched a video. Yep. And uh, yeah. So yeah. On? So this this tool bag, you know, he's um. I'm I'm loath to say his name and the name of his shop because I really don't want to give him any like popularity. Um, Massachusetts guy. Um, he's kind of like a Homer Simpson looking guy. Um, owns a comic shop apparently in uh, Massachusetts. Yep, and that'll, uh, that'll suffice. <laughs> yeah, and like some kind of podcast YouTube channel thingy. Uh, and you know, this is a guy who you know runs owns and operates a like like you said a, a comic book store and he's just bitching and complaining about quote modern comics and it's like oh yeah no one wants to see these writers like write themselves into it and it's like what what do you you know huh and 
clearly the whole thing is is based on the fact that there's uh diversity and representation in in modern day comic books um the thing is like the guy is cunning enough to not say those words because he knows that they would just be you know it would be jumped on by everyone who's like you know you're you're a fucking piece of shit but you know people still saw through the very thin veil and and called him out on it and um i i for one just don't he he doesn't get it um it, 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 for a, a myriad of reasons first and foremost business wise all right he's a comic book shop owner why on earth as somebody who is selling a particular type of product would you get on Al Gore's internet and say out loud, yeah, all these comic books now are shitty. All these modern comic books are the worst. And the implication being like, oh, if modern comics are bad, then that means the comics that you grew up with are the good ones, right? That's the implication here. That's the tacit part of it. Um, imagine walking into, oh, I don't know. Let's see, uh, an Ace Hardware. Mm-hmm. All right, and you have the uh, owner operator of that particular franchise, Ace Hardware, standing at the front of the store, saying, "I fucking hate hammers. Hammers are the worst fucking tool that I have ever ever seen. I I cannot fucking believe how many people use hammers nowadays. You know, I mean, I get that you need to use a hammer every once in a while, but you know, the hammers that they're making now, they're not like the hammers when I was younger. The hammers when I were younger, the man, those were those were real hammers. Those were the hammers everyone should really still want to use now. Do you see? Do you see how fucking insane that is? Because if I were somebody walking into that hardware store, I'd be like, Yeah, you know what? I don't I don't think I wanna buy my tools here. Cause this guy this guy sucks and he's making me and a lot of other people here uncomfortable. Uh, that's, that's the thing about comics. If, uh, if you are reading them now and you are finding it hard to identify with the new writers and the new stories that some of these old characters that you are familiar with are, are in that they're, that they're writing and these, how they're taking place. I have some news for you. You've all grown the character they'll grow in the stories being told with the character and that's okay that really is okay there's nothing wrong with that that's 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 why there's a whole plethora of different types of stories out there but just because those stories aren't being written specifically for you and your generation anymore doesn't mean you still can't like the character you still can't enjoy the comics that you grew up on that you found so much enjoyment from in the past. They're still there. They will always be there. And I know that seems like a very contrite, almost flippant thing to say like, Oh, well, you know, it'll always be there. No, I I'm not trying to say it like that. It's just, why does that have to take away from your enjoyment of the character? Because yeah, maybe they'll lose you as a reader. Yeah, that, that, that happens. You know, I love Superman. I absolutely love the character of Superman. Do I read every single issue of every Superman title that's out there now? No, I don't. 
And it's not because of dislike necessarily, but one, I'm older. I don't have the time to dedicate to X amount of titles involving Superman, but also some of the stuff it's, um, it's just not for me. And that's, that's fine. It's not that I dislike it. Not that I hate it. It's just, you know, if I'm not connecting to a certain point, like why keep engaging? Does that mean I don't like the character of Superman or is supporting characters in the Superman, Superman mythos? Not at all. I still very much enjoy Superman. Nothing will ever take away from that for me. I mean, you can do whatever you want with the character now. I can still go back and read John Byrne and Mike Mignola doing Superman back in 1986 and 87. It's it's not a problem. Well, and that's the thing that I don't get. Like, you know, and I don't know why but, he's listening. But what, I, but what I was but what I was gonna say, what I was getting at though is like you lose someone, you know, my age or older as a as a reader. And okay. But what about the newer, younger readers? So yeah, they lose you, but they're keeping the younger generation, the next generation engaged because that's what it's all about. It's, it's, you know, about renewal all the time, you know, and everyone, and I've said this before in, in other things, you guys have heard me say it, like everyone deserves their version. Every generation deserves their version. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why, like, you know, movies, comics, whatever, like we talked about that with star Wars, I think two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, even once again, using Superman as an example, Sure. I was born in 1982. So, of course, Superman to me for a very, 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 very long time was Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. And I to, I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Superman the movie. It is one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite superhero movies. It is the archetype for the superhero movie. Truth. If it, were, if it weren't for Richard Donner's work on that movie, what we know of as a superhero movie now, the movie you know, dealing with superheroes, it, it wouldn't be the same thing. And he, he really laid the blueprint and uh, it, it, it hit everything that it really should have insofar as representation for that story, you know, making sure that all the right points were, were touched upon. Um, but somebody else younger than me, their Superman is Brandon Routh. Their Superman is Henry Cavill. Or their Superman is Tyler Hecklin. And are they wrong? No. Because that's their Superman. Like, I, I like Christopher Reeve. That's who I grew up with. But somebody who grew up, you know, was 10 years old in the 50s, their Superman is George Reeves. Are they wrong? No. Because we should all be able to have our own generation's version of these stories and characters, whether we're no matter the medium, you know, and when I hear, when I hear someone like this, just talking shit about what modern comics are and how they're just, they're, they're garbage. Um, it, whilst trying to run a store, you know what, why are you ordering the books then? Like you don't like them, but you want people to buy them, right? You want people to come into your shop and purchase them why on earth would if i were especially someone who is focusing on getting certain books that i'm sure he has a problem with every month when they come out i would do everything i could to find someplace else to get those comic books from after seeing something like that i mean i was thinking about manga and how manga outsells comics like you know hand over fist you know like like just 
always. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe you don't even like this. And maybe you don't, you have a problem yeah. selling something like that in your store and all that. But it's like, if there's a demand for it and the people want it, it's like, well, that's the thing, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Like if he, if he, has, if he thinks it's so shitty, why does he keep ordering them? But you yeah. want them, you want the money for people buying them. Right. So which one is it? You know, keep your opinion to yourself. If you're going to, if you're going to sell those things, I mean, and I know that that sounds on the face of it, like real shitty and I don't mean it like that, but I'm just talking like business wise, like, listen, it's not your job to give your opinion on the stuff that somebody's coming in. Like imagine, imagine walking into a McDonald's yeah. and saying like, Oh, can I get a, a large fry and a McChicken? And the person ringing you up is like, Oh, McChicken is the worst fucking sandwich I've ever had in my entire fucking life. I cannot stand how small the chicken patty is compared to what it was five years ago. And <laughs> they just use way too much mayonnaise. Even if you say, just put a little bit on there and Oh my God, the shredded lettuce, like, could you please be consistent? Like, is it a lot? Is it a little? I mean, I just, I just don't know where I'm, where I'm, I'm going whenever I order one of these things, it's yeah. just, it's a fucking nightmare. And you know, you're sitting there like, cool, man. Um, That's what I like, but I guess, because you're sitting in judgment of it now, I'll just have a six piece chicken nugget then. Thanks. You know, like th th it's the same thing. Yeah. Imagine no, walking up right. to your counter with, with, uh, with fucking issues, a uh, daredevil Batman and, and Superman, uh, Superman, son of Kal-El. And this dude starts fucking going off about how modern comics are you know, like the fucking worst thing to ever happen since, I don't, I, I can't think of a thing. Well, think, think of the archetype too, that we're talking about. Like, you know, there's that joke about Simpsons did it, but you've got comic book guy who is that very person, oh, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think that there's a lot of listeners and there's a lot of people like us that can say, it's like, yeah, I know that gatekeeper, you know? Yeah. He used to be the person that I bought this from. And, and realistically with these comic stores, he could be keeping his doors open just by selling Pokemon cards. Like he, he could, you know, Fair enough. Yeah. So now, Leo, what were you gonna say, bud? I'm I'm sorry about that. Oh, no, no worries, no worries. So I I watched the the video and uh, the the link that you sent apparently that somebody that copied the the clip, uh, it was actually uh, taken from I guess he does a store podcast. Or something. Yeah, I I did that on purpose because I did not want to give him a view oh, on oh, his full yeah, podcast. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I was just doing a little digging. I'm like, this seems a little sketchy. Like, why? The, why the hell? It only has 600 views and it's going viral. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no yeah. I, I, it really like that's the snippet. That, yeah, that thing right there. That's what got everybody's, uh, you know, yeah, uh, panties in a twist. Um, but like I said, I, I found his his actual page and the video that it takes place in is like over an hour long. And I was like, I am not combing through a fucking hour and 20 minutes of this fucking mush mouth fuck face to hear him say a, a fucking 59 second soundbite that has set the comic loving internet on fire. And um, we could not yeah. pick a better week to do a Tom Taylor book. <laughs> I mean, it's like in all I honesty. You. I we know, right? Make a better week, and I, I genuinely love you guys for that. <laughs> and uh, I just, I, I, but I saw it, and honestly, like I have, uh, I have TikTok to thank for my being aware of it. Uh, it was TikTok that, that, that brought this to my attention, and because you know, I was like, 
know, I saw a young woman talking on it and I was like, what, what is going on? And she was like, yeah, I watched, uh, I watched a, a lot of that video as much as I could stomach. And I was like, what the, what the hell? So, you know, I, I rabbit hole a little bit and I found it and I found him and I was like, yeah, I don't want to, like, I went to the page. I saw like, I hovered over and it moved a little bit on my computer screen. I was like, okay, that's definitely like the same thing, but I'm not going to try to fucking root out where this occurs in the video. Somebody, somebody give me something. So I typed in the guy's name and boom, there was that one that I found the link to. I was like, Hey, you guys, you, you guys can, I, I found this for you. Don't worry. Um, but, uh, I am really disappointed in, and I haven't watched it yet. Mostly because like, everything that I've seen on Twitter, which I sent you guys like the search. Yeah. 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 Um, Mark Miller reached out to this, this gentleman, uh, the, the writer, the comic book writer, Mark Miller. uh, And he completely legitimized everything. The guy said just by reaching out to him and having him on his, uh, his podcast, his, his weekly, whatever show that he does. And, um, I, I, I was just, I was so disappointed it, it, it mostly because it seems like Mark Miller completely agrees with everything that, that this guy said. And, um, yeah, that was the baffling part. Like, yeah, I was, I was really confounded by that. Uh, and it's, you I know, mean, just, just for context, I mean, it's like how many times, like, and I got to use a trigger word here, but just for effect here, you know, folks, like, how many times in the last month and a half when we were reading a book did he make light of the use of the word rape? You know, oh, like, like in, in all not honesty. Not just the so word, like, but the act itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So it's like, you know who you're dealing with at that point. And it's like, dude, that's not okay in 2001, 2003, 2010, 2023. And, and we're going through all this. And it's like, we sat here sitting, and, and it's like, you know, we're just like, I felt gross reading that just because it's like, you, you know how you were talking about outgrowing a character? I outgrew yep. Wanted. I, I oh, thought yeah. I liked it. And, and as, as bad as the movie supposedly is, it'd be like, honestly, I could see why they changed it. And, and I like the movie parts because it's like there's some stuff in there that I like better than the book. It doesn't yeah. have to be well written or but it's better executed and it's less edgelordy, you know? Yeah, you know, the thing is, is just I I thought over some of the things that I've seen from him over the past several years, through the things I've seen from him over the past few years, uh, that he had he had matured, that like he had grown up, he'd gotten past some of that, a lot of that, uh, and um, seeing that he just kind of jumped on and said like, oh yeah, this guy's. This guy's making, you know, a lot of sense and it's really unfair how people like jumped on on all over him and everything. And the fact that Comicsgate is 100 percent agreeing with everything this guy fucking said like that in and of itself right there should be a full blown indicator of how fucking off that guy's commentary is. Well, it's and I said it was baffling, you know, with with Malar on what he said, but watching his video and we're not I, I agree with you we shouldn't tell the guy's name i don't know why he's listed as the guy who saved comics in one article oh yeah. gross yeah oh yeah so so disappointed in in bleeding cool 100 disappointed in bleeding cool i was like you've got to be fucking shitting me 
but the he says uh, you know if you're hired to write you know iron man write iron man you know like that's what's baffling yeah, it, the, the like, quiet part the quiet part of that is it's it's not if you're hired to write iron man write iron man it's if you're hired to write iron man write iron man the way that i want you to write iron man yeah. That's yeah. what and, he and that's, means. That's ridiculous. Over the ages, it's like incredibly you know, ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it's we we've always had. There's always different writers, different voices, you know. And with those different voices, everybody has their own experiences and whatnot. Yeah. It's I like, like I, I I like I like how one of the things he says is like, don't write yourself in the comics. Don't don't write it as like, oh well, if I were Tony Stark, this is how, what I would do. If I were Peter Parker, this is what I would do. I'm like, have you no idea the literal fucking origins? Of the fucking characters you were talking about, Steve Ditko, who co-created Spider-Man with Stan Lee, made Peter Parker to be just like him. He put himself into Peter Parker. Yep. He was a skinny science, uh, science uh, nerd. Nerd. Yeah, I was, I was going to say like science inclined. Um. Yeah, dork, I guess you could say, uh, who, you know, is quiet and, and reserved, kept to himself. And I mean, through and through, that is exactly who Steve Ditko was. All right. And, and Spider-Man, thankfully, you know, that was before he got into all of his objectivism stuff with Ayn Rand. But um, yeah, luckily, luckily, this wasn't written by uh, Miller because it would have turned into a revenge fantasy. <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> well, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is like, especially especially back then, like you can still see how how fucking fuckwads would be like, well, you know, see Peter Parker. That's the way blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, the ultimate Spider-Man route was the better way to go, because uh, oh, quite, quite frankly, the way that he was presented even back in the 60s. Uh, it was what we would refer to as like very incelish now. Um, just like eh, girls, and uh, you know, as soon as he gets powers, he acts like a fucking jerk and everything. Like, there's no other reason for that other than the fact that he was a skinny nerd who got picked on. And in Ultimate Spider-Man, it's just more of like he grew up poor, didn't always have the things he wanted, and he he was gonna you know finally be able to get the stuff that he felt like he he would deserve just like any normal teenage kid. Uh, and it, it had less to do with him being, being bullied and, and, you know, having not having girls pay attention to him or anything. Uh, but, but even let's go, let's go to the granddaddy of all superheroes, right? Superman yet again, you're going to tell me that Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster didn't write themselves into the character of Clark Kent and Superman. I mean, for crying out loud, look at photos of the two of them. One of them, I can't remember which one. One of them was actually into bodybuilding, like amateur bodybuilding. That's part of the reason why Superman looked the way he did. And then the other one had a cleft chin and thick glasses. Not to mention the fact that they were both both kids of Jewish descent. They were both Jewish kids from Cleveland and Toronto, respectively. And as much as people love to get all fucking Jesus Christy about Superman, it's the story of Moses, not Jesus. He's put in a basket, sent down a river, and he's going to be raised by people who take him in as one of their own, but he's secretly one of the chosen people. That's, that's Moses. 
through and through. Once he discovers his true heritage, that's when his his real destiny comes to light. Yeah, that's that's not Jesus Christ, kids. That's not Jesus of Nazareth. I'm I'm sorry to burst bubbles, but that's be, that's the two guys there writing themselves, writing their own personal histories into that. And insofar as like, oh, this is what I would do if I were so and so. That is exactly what Joe Simon and Jack Kirby did when they created Captain America. If I were given the ability to be peak physical form and fight against the Nazis, this is how I would do it. This is what I would do. That is ex- two Jewish guys created an, a purposefully looking Aryan superhero as a giant FU finger to the third Reich. And those stories were through and through. This is what I would do if I had these abilities. Well, don't I mean, fucking you, sit the, don't fucking you know, sit there and say, Oh, don't write yourself in and, and, and approach it. Like, Oh, here's what I would do. That, that's not how fucking art works. Fuck face. In, in the- Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly grounds. Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you and look at this too like the whole idea of a clear-cut enemy at the time that they could fight against now where's the enemy the enemy would be like well you know captain america only fought um the germans or something and, and and that's you know wrong because he's he's racist or like like what like why would we even have a conversation like that but there's a contingent like that now and that's yeah. that's kind of what you're dealing with where it's like Oh well, well, of course she's this. It's like what? What does that? What does that even mean? But, Grow but you, up reading all these fucking stories and and become the fucking villain in the stories that you read. That's my point always. Like, do you think you're the hero of your story? Are you going to be the hero? It's like, look, did you completely like a story that Miller wrote? Civil War. You're Iron Man, dude. You're not Captain America, who is you know the virtuous one in that. Punisher's even on the right side. Yeah. You know, how often does that happen? And I hate Frank Castle. We all hate Frank Castle. <laughs> Everybody hates Frank Castle, Brandon. Not some people. Not yeah. some people. I had a friggin' dream about uh Punisher last night. Did you? Yeah, for Sorry. some reason it, it was uh uh Punisher and Fantastic Four. Nice. Yeah. We've read, Brandon, we've broken through. <laughs> Finally. No, they they uh, it's for two time. years. He <laughs> was like, no, no, no. It was the new Fantastic Four yeah. with Wolverine, the Hulk. <laughs> you know, Scott, Scott Lang, 
uh, Jesse Ventra. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, I forgot who was it, but it uh, who else was in it? But it was it was Herbie. a movie. It, it was like a new movie came out, and it was Fantastic Four. Punisher was in it for some reason, okay. and then there was somebody else. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it, just, it was an odd dream. So it's yeah. well, yeah, sounds it. Um, <laughs> actually, it sounds kind of fun though. <laughs> but you know the 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 whole thing. I just I only dream of electric sheep. Uh, <laughs> 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 that doesn't tell me if you're an android or not. So that's not what the Turing test says. <laughs> make make of that what you will. Enhance. I'm very self aware. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, I I have a very difficult time with, this is, I mean, I literally stopped shopping at my local comic book shop because the manager there was exactly like this guy. Like, they yeah, lost it, it my business. Yeah. I had been going there since I was eight years old. And I stopped going there probably 10 years ago because I was just, I was just done. I, I just couldn't I couldn't listen to the conservative view of of what these characters should be and and you know why can't it just be like it was back then? It's like because that's the way it was back then. It that's called being stale. And should... Brandon, there's other reasons too. Like when you see this guy and you think it's like, yeah, he's probably got excruciating body odor. You know, that's another reason to stop shopping at your LCS. Oh, yeah. Or, or the fact that it's like they're overpricing or price gouging or, or you know, they'll hold for some people, not for others. There's like all kinds of stuff like that. This is not a good thing for them to come out and like, like you know, shout the virtues of, oh, this guy's saving comics. Is he really? Because cause what happens? It seems like he's lost a bunch of business in a world where every customer is precious. Good job. You know, the comic book store is supposed to, you know, when I was when I was growing up, for, for me especially, um, I think there's a lot of people out there that could that could agree with this assessment. Um, the comic book shop was always supposed to be like your cheers as a kid. You know, you, you go yeah. in, yep. you're able to you're able to have a sense of like camaraderie and community. You can talk about things you like, maybe maybe get exposed to some things that you you're not familiar with and find out you love them. You know, um, you can, maybe they're you playing can, music you've never heard before, you know? Yeah. Um, you can meet people and be, make at least like strong acquaintances, if not like out, outright friends, um, based on the fact that you both were in that place, you know, at the same time. And, and maybe you like the same things, maybe you like different things. And that's what fuels the conversation. Uh, you know, that, that was always the fun of it, the the beauty of it, um, and there was there was room for for discourse. And most of the people that that were there, you know, everybody liked what they liked, but it wasn't ever it wasn't ever like, oh well, I like this, but if you like this, then you you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, you know. Every it's not it's not always about like respect you know, respecting everyone's opinion per se, but, you know, we all recognize like not everything is for everyone and that's okay. Um, but like, you know, think about 
think about all these people who are, are railing against change and inclusion and diversity. Like they keep saying it flies in the face of everything that's come before. And it's like, what, what doesn't, I mean, what would you have done? These folks who, who are complaining about it like now, right? What would you have done if there was the internet back in 1986 when crisis on infinite earths was taking place all the shit that happened before that all fucking done away with and then compressed into one singular canon does that mean that everything that happened before it isn't something that could be gone back and enjoyed no but you know I remember it being a very exciting thing in the eighties. I really do. Like it was exciting. It was different. I'm sure there were some people who were like, Oh, fuck this. But no, nowhere near as many as you would think. Cause we all, we all wanted to see what was going to happen. What is, what is the end result of this? And I think a lot of us understood like, this is going to probably make more sense. And it did for a time. It did. And I'm sure if we went back and looked at letters columns, there were detractors. There's always, oh, yeah. and, and I mean, that's, that's the discourse that we're talking about. That was a way for people to do it. And if you look at that stuff, it's like, wow, George R. R. Martin, you know, it's like, like there's all kinds of stuff yeah. like that, you know, and, and we're not saying that there's never been detractors, but yeah, things are new and scary and you don't like them. Like when you were talking about this, we've talked about this numerous times. I'm not a huge fan of the Jonathan Hickman era of X-Men. It's not my jam. But there's some kid out it. there who fucking yeah. loves it. Which is which is fantastic. But what, what it means for me is that I vote with my checkbook. So I don't I don't purchase them anymore. You know, there may come a time where I want to read them. Maybe I'll read them when you know they're available on comiXology or something like that, but I don't have to. And I can still honor my love for the character of Nightcrawler without reading about him. It's it now it's yeah. like it's cool. Well, well, now you can just read uh, Spider-Man or Uncanny yeah. or what? What? Uh, what is he in? Honestly, that's that's one of the the things that I was con- I was like actually like thinking. I'm like mm, maybe it is interesting for me to get back into it now because it is. It like I think I even mentioned to you guys like Kieran uh, was it Kieran Gillian, um, really good writer when it comes to X Men. So I'm like that might be the thing that gets me back into it. A new writer that quote unquote writes themselves, you know, or whatever, or their experiences into this. And I mean, as far as I know, he's a juggler and a circus performer. So being that he's <laughs> writing a character like, like uh nightcrawler, that might be perfect. <laughs> what did we just read something recently by him? I don't know that. Uh, Gillian. Yeah. Did Karen you? Gillen. Yeah. Did we? What was it? You just read something by him. That would have been one of the newer things. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Oh man, I I know he did the um like the Weapon H stuff and you know uh the Honey Badger stuff with uh Wolverines and all of that, but I can't think. Did he do it, it must have been a DC, right? It must it must have been. I mean, I know Howard Shaken wrote um Distant Fires that we just did. Yeah. Uh not too long ago. Maybe it wasn't was one part of, of that anthologies that we did with um like the Christmas stuff last year. Jeez. No. I'm trying I'm trying to think. Like I, I know that 
it was something relatively recent. Maybe, maybe it was just something that I was. Oh, looking at. um, was he doing Immortal Hulk? He might have been. I loved Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk was freaking great. I, I think that was him. I'm not sure. You guys are probably quicker on the Googles than I am, but. I'm trying to go through and see what <laughs> what he's uh oh he wrote Uber no kidding I'll check that out I think I have like most of that on uh, Comicsology damn it I don't know it might have just been his name that I saw and something he didn't do- oh no sorry that's Al Ewing that that wrote that book so yeah that's different different story altogether so but still Al Al Ewing's awesome. So <laughs> Karen Karen Gillen is like is he contract with Marvel right now or something? But yeah, I, I I feel like there was something fairly recently that we were looking at or or some such business, but that's fine. It's fine. Who's to say time is such a relative thing these days? <laughs> yeah. Um I mean I, I have like all of the wicked and divine, but I, I I actually haven't finished it. Was that the one we did? No, we haven't. No, it's like a full series. Oh. It's uh okay because I think I read like some of those. I read like the first six or something just because I saw it. I was like, oh, it's fucking weird. I mean, it's 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 good, but it's weird. Um, but yeah, yeah. There's there's just like there's so many things out there for everybody, and you know, once again, I just I can't wrap my head around this mindset of these gatekeeping fuckheads that basically for all intents and purposes just state listen we want you to write our favorite characters and make their adventures exciting and inventive and fantastic to read but make sure that you don't change anything and they stay exactly the same as they've always been for the past 40 to 60 or 70 or 80 years. You can't have all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, progression and development negates the idea of the character remaining static. Like that's just not how it works. You know, shit in one hand, wish in the other, see which <laughs> one fills up first. <laughs> that's good. That's a good one. You know, and, and uh, I mean, I, I feel like that is a very Marvel perspective and that th- this could be me, you know, and I could be off base, but I feel like it's a very Marvel perspective too, or like a, at very least a big, a big two comic, you know, perspective that he's kind of going off on. Cause if you read independent comics, independent comics go across the broadest spectrum that you can imagine. There's oh, yeah. literally a book about two people called sex criminals that literally have sex and like do crimes and go back in time, you know, and then there's another one called money shot. If <laughs> trust me, that one's all different. It's about people having sex with aliens. If that's not your thing, there's an anthology series called ice cream, man. It's messed up and it has to do with hell and stuff like that. So it's like, if that's your thing, great. It's also saga, the most successful comic book on the market right now. And or- I mean, I mean, it but is it, the it, most it, progressive thing that exists. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, but there's, there's, it's like Baskin Robbins, man. There's a flavor for everybody. Yeah. You know, even, you know, you like, you like horror stuff. Okay. Um, go, go check out 
House of uh, Slaughter. Uh, what's 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 yes. the other one? Um, the check out something check out killing any, children. Yes, check out any of the the Avatar press stuff by Warren Ellis. I mean, uh, Super Gods or um, No Hero. Oh my God, No Hero. That 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 fucking horrified me. Uh, body horror to the nth level. Uh, or, or Alan Moore taking care of some some uh, Lovecraftian type stuff with the the three books he did like uh oh my god what was it like providence and necronomicon stuff like that there's like three of them um and or or even it, it image uh nailbiter which is which is a real fun one yeah. you know you have a, a midwest town that inexplicably has produced more serial killers with unique mo's than any other place in the entire world and that's what they're trying to figure out like why i mean that's that's cool, and it's also creepy. You know what, what's the, what's the other one? Billion little genies. You know, there's uh, there, there's oh God, there's so many. Spawn is still out there. You know, Spawn, that's in, I mean, in the comics. The, the Sandman. I mean, Sandman. Yeah. Well, I guess that's I guess that's really DC, but still. You well, know. it's Neil Gaiman. He owns so, the character, so. But, but but the point is, you want to expand your your horizons. That's how you did it. That's how we got Ninja Turtles. That's how we got you know Ronan. Um, you know, to to a certain point, Watchmen. You know, even though it was DC, but still, it's kind of like that was the idea. Expand your mind with these black and white. Grendel. You know, um, Mage. 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 Yeah. I I freaking love Mage. You know, and even like like the the Valiant stuff, which is kind of like, all right, you want to see someone who's kind of like Captain America, but not exactly. Well, guess what? He's immortal and he carries a giant axe. So it's like you you know, check it out. It's called Eternal Warrior. You know, like do There's that. These these folks are like the same people who really just can't grasp the fact that Homelander is the fucking bad guy in the boys. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, they they get they get stuck on the whole power fantasy aspect and they tend to lose sight of the fact that the vast majority of comic book characters and their creators going all the way back to the 30s these superhero characters, the vast majority of them were all very liberal people. They, they, they are, they were artists. Artists are usually not the most conservative folks, uh, you know, on the spectrum because artists are usually the people who are told like by those other people, like, no, 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 you can't do what you want. You can't have freedom of expression or anything like that. And, that's exactly what art is all about. It's about freedom of expression. It's about making people stop to think about things. You know, what does this mean to you? Why does it mean that? Stop, pause, and think about what this is in front of your face. That's what art, the best art does. And these, these guys and gals out there created an entire fucking medium that is wholeheartedly American. And there's nothing more American, I think, than stopping holding up a fucking magnifying glass to society and through, through their art, which, you know, it's not necessarily obfuscated. They are, they're trying to represent certain individuals, certain classes that otherwise would not have had a voice. I mean, Superman starts off as the champion of the oppressed. This is a guy who was fighting politicians and fucking cops and landlords. That's what Superman did in the thirties. You know, you have a problem with with how some of these things are done now like 
you know what? Go back and look at the ideals of, of guys like Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, Joe Simon, Jerry Siegel, Joe Schuster, all Denny of them. O'Neal, you know, Denny O'Neill for crying yeah. out loud. <laughs> That's why I threw it in there. <laughs> you know, um, Steranko. I mean, all of them, uh, Gil Kane. They, they all were fucking liberal people. They all understood that inclusion in diversity is strength, you know, and, and, and their characters represented that. And if you can't I feel like image image, definitely like that image exodus from uh, Marvel and all that. I feel like they had that sort of embodiment as well. Yeah, I mean, well, image, the, the I think the two big things and, you know, I'm going to use the word in in description of one of one of the two things. But the the two big milestones for the 90s were image comics and milestone media, mm-hmm. you know, and milestone i mean it static became like their their flagship i mean the fact that it stopped working out comic wise because they were being undercut and you know people didn't want to see them succeed unfortunately but the fact that they came in and were able to develop it into a fucking successful uh and beloved cartoon you know that uh, that showed kids that there was more out there than just Superman and Batman and, and, and what have you, these, these Lily white guys. Uh, and of course led the way for Dwayne McDuffie to come in for the animated series that were being done, which were far more popular and reaching far more eyeballs than comic books. And that's where you started to see far more inclusion across the board. Not just, not just um, black men and people of color, but women as well. You know, you got you got those those team ups in Justice League Unlimited and so, and so on and so forth that showcased different people all together. It, it gave you co- comparisons and contrast, you know, and that's the kind of thing that has informed the approach to comic books now, because it shows like the wider your audience is, the more people you have to be able to speak to. It's not just about the fucking 40 to 50 year old fucking white guys anymore. Greetings and Shabibans, we are the Retro Reductibus Cephala Podcast, a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Yeah, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Reductibus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some, ahem, very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. What's that? And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Redoctopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. Yep. Did we lose them? I think so. Oh, there you go. You're back. You're back. Oh, that's great. So Um, that's, you're you're right. And I I don't want to say you're not right, but I, I do want to say this too. There is a contingent of of folks who happen to be like myself and yourself, you know, 40 year old 
white guys who do, you know, spend our money on this kind of stuff. So it's like there is stuff for us, even if we don't like that other stuff, there's still stuff for us. You know, and and I've noticed with with um, folks like uh, like fans in, in in my genre, like the Ninja Turtle stuff, a lot of them bellyache how they don't like the current writing and they don't like this about turtles and all that. But they're still spending so much money on this stuff, like buying the action figures and buying the statues and all that. So what that entire <laughs> contingent is doing, like um, NECA now is going back and making stuff from the old stuff to appease those fans. So it's like the industry has actually changed based on that argument that you have in in that sort of subsect and uh, subgenre. Oh, same with Transformers, you know, going back. It's it definitely Star Wars. One hundred percent Star Wars. Oh, the vintage collection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that's they probably you know what? Now that I think about it. They probably stole that business model from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just, you know, it, it, it sucks because like I don't want to I don't want to repeat like the same things that we've seen numerous times in different places, you know, like the toxic fandom and gatekeepers and, and all this. It's just, well, the, the, just, the, just stop being dickheads. It's, it's that fucking simple. Just stop, stop thinking that this is made only for you. You selfish fuckheads. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Like, it's not just for you. It's for everyone. And it's specifically geared to younger people. So, as I said before, like, if you feel as if it's not speaking to you, you know, that, that's probably true. It's not speaking directly to you anymore. And that's okay. Now, you can say, like, oh, it's bullshit and I, it's fucking terrible. Blah, blah, blah. It, you know what? Objectively, it's probably not terrible. It's just not what you want it to be. There's a difference. But once again... That doesn't mean you have to dislike the character moving forward. Maybe you don't like that particular writer's version. So take a break as long as they're on the book that, that, that you would normally read and wait to see if somebody else comes in and does something a little different. Well, if you care that much about the character, uh, it's that per simple. Perfect example. You, you know how I feel about Batman and like the, the current storyline and how, you know, uh, Zadarsky's been doing a good job, except for friggin' Gotham War. Uh, but the, uh, you know, I thought Batman's been in the dumps for a while. I started taking a look at some of the uh, detective comics, and I, I didn't realize that, you know, I, I was turned off by detective for a while. But I guess Mark Wade did a run, and uh, I started reading that. That's pretty good. That does not shock me at all. The man's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't think I've liked. I have not disliked anything he's ever written. Yeah, okay, real, real quick, guys. Peter Cannon Thunderbolt. That's what Kieran Gillen did. Oh, when we were talking about that last week. Okay, yeah, that's why. That's yeah. So, okay, I'm like I, I know it was something I just fucking read. I know it. Yeah, you. That's our next book, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we got to do Watchmen before we do before we do that one. Leo. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> looking at looking at you. Yeah. But uh, you're, yeah. You're so, sorry, 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 man. I didn't. I, I just. Oh, no, I worries, no worries. No worries. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if if you love for a character, you know, just look for other storylines. You know, it, there's gonna be there's bound to be something that you like. You know, you just gotta find you know the right voice. You know, especially over decades of storytelling. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know. 
you I mean really truly think about it with with your flights and tights superhero characters especially you know you know i wouldn't even say just the big two even image at this point you know they've been around for 30 years okay wow well yeah yeah and one thing that you know i think a lot of uh comic readers really need to start learning more about is the people creating the comics the 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 artists and the writers it's not just a character you know and then learning you know what care characters or what writers voice appeases you and then start following those writers along their career you know same with art you know yeah, yeah i like i liked uh matthew rosenberg's version of the x-men so much you know i followed him to hawkeye and followed him to other books that he's done i think he was doing um i don't know if he was doing uh fantastic four or something but like i i really liked the way that he wrote the way that he set up characters i like the way that he does dialogue jmd mateus i love his dialogue the way that he sets things up and it's like okay the man's done spider-man justice league international booster gold you know all of these books that i love and it's like oh wow you know i i would read anything the man did and he did a book called hero squared which i was like oh my god how come everybody hasn't read this book that's yeah. a good book that's a very good book yeah I read that. yeah it's really good well i mean you know i think we we've all had instances with stuff like that i mean um tom taylor who you know wrote uh the issue of, of batman one bad day that we're going to cover in, in the next episode here um i mean i've read several things by him and because of what I've read by him, I, I enjoyed it so thoroughly that I I went out and I found all the Injustice comic books because he wrote them. And I fucking hate the idea of Injustice. Yeah, I, I was just, I was thinking you've said that numerous times. So it's like, <laughs> but knowing that Tom Taylor wrote it yeah. makes a difference to me mm-hmm. because I, now it's like, oh, well, what's his approach going to be? Like, I, I need, maybe I need to see how this goes down, you know, um, as a kid, uh, and this is well before kingdom come, uh, I was made aware of Mark Wade because I loved the flash and I bought the trade paperback terminal velocity where Wally West in that breaks through the speed barrier for the very first time he goes, faster than anybody else has ever gone. And he does it by using Jesse quicks formula at the same time as hitting his top speed and everything just, and it was, you know, my first time seeing anything having to do with uh, the character of max mercury. And you have like the whole flash family involved there. You have, you have, uh, you know, Wally, uh, you have Bart as impulse. You have max mercury. You have Jay Garrick. And you have Jesse Quick. And, uh, you know, it, it was just an excellent story. And I was like, this Mark Wade guy, like, what's up with him? And I started scoping out more and more stuff by him. And he's like one of my favorite comic book writers now. And uh, and the fun thing about that is, like, Mark Wade is a guy who clearly grew up with the Silver Age stuff and loves it, has a deep and abiding affinity for it. And he still approaches these these comics that he's writing nowadays with the excitement of somebody who's new to comics and how do i make this exciting for everyone particularly somebody who might be picking this up for the first time you know that's an old school fan who likes what he likes 
but knows exactly how to craft a story. That's the same exact thing that these new folks who are coming in, younger folks are doing too. Like, you know, they're not coming in because they, in writing these, because they don't like these characters. That's nuts. No, they do like these characters. They want these characters to reflect the times that they live in. That's what, that's what the best comic book story arcs do is they, they dwell within the time that they are created. You know, you have your very, you can very quintessential seventies runs, eighties runs, nineties runs. I mean, it, it's not hard to see and there's nothing wrong with that, but why are we get, why are we getting all up in arms about everything that's been done after the, the, the nineties, because you're not a kid anymore. That's, that's really what it boils down to. That's silly and unfair. So you know, for, for my money, just shut the fuck up. You know, don't buy what you don't want to read. Yeah. And, and, and if you're and if you're a comic book store owner, don't purchase it to sell if you don't believe in it that much. Which one is it? Do you think it'll sell the people? You want you want to get the money that they're willing to give you for the stories that they care about that they want to read? Or are you going to sit there and talk shit about the product that you're trying to push? Yeah, it, it's I, I, I kind of feel like that's always been my experience, too, where everything, you know, going in, you got worst story ever, like that sort of character. And it's like, no. did we build them? You know, is like, is that the person that, you know, has has become the the uh, the archetype that you expect at these these places? I found myself enjoying the, the tale until I got home and realized I hate Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? oh, but you buy you Spider-Man buy it book. Then? Yeah. <laughs> I thought this time would be different, sir. Was it? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Quite worse, actually. <laughs> I get a paper cut. <laughs> fucking dense, man. I just... But I mean, that's the same too. You got this troglodyte, you know, missing teeth, you know, over there, you know, poor hygiene stuff, and it's like he's going to be a bastion for this culture. I don't think so. And I, and I mean, look, I, I get it. I'm being judgmental based on what he looked like and all that. No, 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 just, no, no. Let, let me let know. me state let me state it for you in a in a far more succinct and in mean way. Anyone <laughs> who agrees with that guy and wants to fucking you know poo poo anything we're saying, go ahead and give us your booze. We've seen what you applaud. You fucking yes. Nimrods. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, he's really saving comics. That fucking guy? That guy. He looks like he's a pair of suspenders, a Superman shirt, and a fucking greeting from Electric Company away from being sloth. Oh, 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 I saw where that was coming when he said suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Christ. Yeah. Well, the good news is is that uh, Xenoscope has uh, six new books coming out dedicated to this person. <laughs> yeah right. Really saved sorry. comics. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just throw it out there because, like, I don't know. He just looks like a booby book guy. <laughs> oh yeah, 100. <laughs> percent He is definitely like a guy that has has off camera lamented the fact that Marvel doesn't make swimsuit issues anymore. They do, and, and DC made one too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they and, may oh. have made one, but Marvel Marvel did it frequently. 
Yeah, they they both did one this year, and then I think there's the the ski one. What they really need to do is bring Frank Cho back. Do they? Is that what they need to do? Uh, they. Uh, he's never really gone away. He's been around with the same great prices and artwork that he's been since the eighties. <laughs> Sorry, that's an Frank obscure... Cho's back in Pog form. That's that's an obscure Austin Powers reference. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Big Boy's never left. <laughs> No, um, actually, Frank Cho just did a um, just did a cover for uh, Ninja Turtles, like the first one he's ever done for uh, last. Ronin yeah, Lost. I'm I'm talking I'm talking more about the the cheesecake cheese covers yeah. that that he was doing for like the early aughts. Um, you know, just absolutely un unbelievably unreal anatomy and shit like that. Like, I remember I, I'm one kind of a Terry Dotson guy myself. Like, I I really liked his stuff, and he works with his wife. You know who does either the inks or the colors, and I, I always was more of a Terry Dotson guy. Yeah, I'm just you know Adam I, Hughes. You know, I just I really you know a good a good book is a good book is a good book. You know, I don't I don't get too hung up on writers and artists. You know, I try to give lots of different things a chance, uh, different genres, different storytelling. Uh, that's what makes the the medium fun. Um, and I also feel like maybe for me personally, I can't speak to anybody else, but I, you know, maybe give it a shot, uh, to all, all, uh, three of our listeners, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but give it a shot. What I would say is, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to walk away from like the, the flights and tights stuff that you've been reading regularly. It's, it's good because it can give you perspective. You know, read some other stuff that's out there and come back and you can really appreciate some of the stuff that's being done, you know, that you otherwise might not. If if all you're doing is is you're narrowing your scope and focus onto these like few, you know, brightly clad, these primary color clad individuals and not kind of partaking of sampling of the smorgasbord of content that's out there in, in the comic book medium, you're doing yourself a disservice, um, let alone the, the comic book industry as a whole. You know, I, I, I recently with you guys, I mean, you know, like Watchmen is a story that I enjoy for what it is, like the deconstructive aspect of it. Uh, but I'm, I'm tired of, and I've said this, I'm tired of how it's always held up as this like bastion of, of what comic books and graphic novels should be and have been since, since it, it came out in the eighties. Um, I think it's good. I don't think it, it's um, necessarily like the, it, it shouldn't hold the places like the Bible, you know, insofar as a holy book uh, in, in comic, in the comic book industry. So I've, as much as I've enjoyed it and I've, I've really like loved it to a point over the years, as I've gotten older, like I, I can see some of the points where I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe that's not quite as cool as I thought it was when I was 16, you know, once again, that's age and, and, and wisdom and experience, but having read Kieran Gillen's Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, it, it fucking got me excited about that older book again. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and that's the thing that I think is, is, is so important is being able to read something and have it 
even tangentially relate to something else and it makes you want to check that out again revisit or see something new and you know if if you're only if you're only going for service level stuff i mean just just stick with the sunday funnies you know we we because of you know things like watchman and frank miller's dark knight returns and, and such in the 80s where they were trying to like elevate the the medium the art form of comic books uh we we have come to a point where we expect a little bit more depth in in our comic book stories we expect there to be more reflections of the real world or or some kind of of um reference to real world situations in some way you know just just the way that society is and you know it's it's always going to be the the people who hold the pen that dictate how that goes so if you don't like it you know once again it's just it's it's not being written for your generation it's being written for the people in society now who are going to be the decision makers coming up and then that same thing is going to happen again it's going to move back to the younger generation each time you know one of the coolest things in the world to me as a kid was my dad telling me what these comic book characters were like when he was a kid and talking about what they were like now and asking him questions you know th- that should be your takeaway like let this be a bridge to conversations and find that common ground with the younger readers and fans of the same stories, the same characters that you enjoy. That should be, that should be your go-to here. Not fuck you, little kid. (laughs) Fuck you, young person. It shouldn't be the way it it is for you. It should be the way it was for me forever. And for always that's, that's insanity. But that's that's not relevant to my experience. Shut up. (laughs) Just, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't understand. Like so many people that create these, these comics that write them, that draw them so many, I'm not saying all of them, but so many are some of the most progressive individuals on the face of the planet. And for someone to fucking get all up in arms because they are doing the exact same types of things in their storytelling that the originators of these characters did themselves back, you know, 70, 60, 70, 80 years ago. It, it it's uh it's astounding to me. I, I am I am I am gobsmacked by it. That's all well, I have to say about that. Well on uh that note we'll uh <laughs> we'll uh and on that note let's read a story about a guy who dresses like a bat because his yeah. parents got killed in an alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh by the way, uh Batman Silent Night, I highly urge you to read it. Oh my god, so good. Uh Silent Silent Night? Yeah. Uh just came out last week. Uh turns out um the legends are true. Batman did go on adventures with Santa Claus. Oh, I thought you were gonna say that he sang with the uh police commissioner again. Because yeah. that's, that's what, what we read, which yeah. was Batman Silent Night. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. And that's and that's when he uh him and uh Harley Quinn and he drops her off on the outside of town so she didn't get in trouble. Yep. Yeah, uh this one here is um uh, let me go by publishers. Let's see. 
Yeah, Batman, Santa Claus, Silent Night, uh, number one, and it's going to be continued. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, uh, Batman going on adventures with uh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus, turns out, is uh, a vampire hunter. Oh, okay. And he's, uh, ri- he rides Vixen, and uh, Vixen's uh, antlers are used to, like, stab the uh, the, the vampires. Is this written by Mike Mignola? <laughs> Who wrote this? Uh, let me see. Let's see if it says. That's that's some gonzo stuff right there. Uh, Jeff Parker. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he, he actually wrote one of the last books we read. So he's, an, he's another one. He, he wrote that uh, Clayface one, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he know, we know he knows how to spin a yarn. So, you yeah. know. Oh, no. Is this one bad day for Santa Claus? You decide. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Krampus is next it? week. Oh, Krampus is <laughs> <it>. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. I was on the edge. Now I'm in. <laughs> I got to go pick that book up because I have it at my uh, my local comic store. So, and I will say this. They may be grumpy at my local comic book store and all that, but he has to sit there and listen to everybody come in like Brandon said and and the people that don't work there, you know, express those opinions to the guy that works there. And he's like, yeah, well, I, I only work here, man. <laughs> so it's, it's a different dynamic. So yeah. Yeah. At the very least uh, political, you know, like, like, oh, okay. If you like that, that's cool. I'll hold your books and all that, but I don't really want to discuss, you know, Ms. Marvel with you. Yeah. You know, that's fair, man. Like I, I more power to the person that says that though, you know, like, Hey, that's, Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'll absolutely put that aside. No, I don't read it, though. I don't. I don't. It's just not not for me. I'm glad that you enjoy it, though. I mean, that should be the approach. Like, that's so awesome that you like it. I mean, much like I've said on numerous episodes of both podcasts that we do and in the Wednesday show when we're still doing that, like, I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. If you like something that is fucking awesome and I want you to continue to like it and read it, please. But just because you like it doesn't mean I do, and I don't expect somebody else to dislike it because it's not my cup of tea, you know. But these these folks that that you know go around saying shit like this, it's they want everyone to. It's it's fucking Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They're just sitting there stomping their fucking feet and saying like, "I want it like this." No, shut the fuck up. Just just let somebody buy their fucking comic books and live their life. I don't see how that affects you. Like, ah! Yeah, but you, you forget it's like we're we're what nine years off from when they were burning Dixie Chick CDs. So it's like, I mean, that was a thing that happened too. So yeah. if it's not one thing, it's another. Outrageous. <laughs> and she was right. <laughs> like, she was right. That's the that's the bitch of it. Ah, oh, people. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs>